WRKS Pickens, Jackson. Where it's time for the guy who always gets you to the ball game on time. And here's the pitch. It's Matt Wyatt with all the good stuff. WRKS Pickens, Jackson. Where it's time for the guy who always gets you to the ball game on time. And here's the pitch. It's Matt Wyatt with all the good stuff you need to know. Right here on the zone 1059 at world. The zone 1059.com. Well, well, well. Welcome into the show. I we do have a show. We got an hour's worth of a show today with you from parts unknown. More on that in a bit. I'm Matt in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Farm Bureau Go with the home team. They are your home team. Farm Bureau Insurance across the great state of Mississippi. Hometown heroes at your local Farm Bureau Insurance agents all across the state in all eighty two counties available to you. I'm here. Beaver's here. Thank goodness. I, really and truly, I, I'm sort of here. <clears throat> the homecoming queen's here. You'll hear from her in just a bit. All of that coming up. Thank goodness you're here. You can be a part of the show. Let me, uh, l- let me see from a long way away, the Mobile Farm Bureau Insurance Studio from a long way away. Let me see if this is g- working. Hey, hey, Beaver, I'm coming in loud and clear. I got you. Coming in loud and clear. Check this out. I'm in the Big Apple, NYC, New York City, and thanks to the wonders of technology, I'm connected to you on the radio via C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi. C Spire, customer inspired, my handy dandy iPhone 12 Pro Max from C Spire that's still going strong after I dropped it in the parking lot two weeks ago. Do I, do I, I mean, does, do I sound clear or do I sound like I'm a million miles away? It sounds clear. It just sounds like you're in a uh, big empty room, which I think you are. A big empty room? Yeah. Well, okay, so I'll, des- I'll describe it for you. Uh, I don't know exactly what floor I'm on of you know a big high-rise building that's about two or so blocks from Times Square, but I'm on some floor that uh, is, yeah, there, there's concrete floors. There's studios all over the place. Uh, our daughter is here for Broadway camp. It's her first experience with this. She's here for Broadway camp, and so she's with the campers running around, and they're doing different things. We have, like, we've seen her passing by like twice, and she's here most of the day. And so Annabeth and I are hanging out. We're going to get lunch. And so, yeah, it's a little bit, we kind of have some reverb going on every now and then. Uh, you'll hear police sirens, you know, blaring up. Whatever this, what is it, uh, 38th or whatever the street is outside. <laughs> in, in fact, uh, Beaver, do I have it right? Like I, I sent you a little video this morning and say, okay, look, I'm here. I'm alive. I'll talk to you later. And it, I think I didn't even realize it, but I sent you a video of a police car going up the road, didn't I? Yeah. Yeah, that was my first uh, taste of <laughs> New York. The first thing you sent me this morning, that was about almost 9 o'clock. And the first thing I yeah. noticed sirens and <laughs> fast forward to just about eight minutes ago right and sirens <laughs> there i now yeah. i don't know but there may be a problem in new york city <laughs> it's just a lot of people and a lot of things going on for sure um yeah we traveled on saturday and then uh we actually had a lot going on by the time we even got up here saturday night we we did a lot of things and, and went to see uh we went and saw romeo and juliet um 
at the uh, New York Ballet Beaver. And I don't know if you know this or not. I know much about Romeo and Juliet, but uh, it does not have a happy ending. Okay. Uh, that's one thing about it. <laughs> it does not. But um, <clears throat> we kind of had some time yesterday to play around before. Um, you know, really, it just kind of not necessarily a a play trip, but but also a purpose trip. Mary Lady's in camp, and and then uh, of course getting on the radio with you here in the bureau for an hour each day. So if you're listening, that's what it's going to be. We'll be with you an hour each day, and then next week back to normal uh, two-hour show as we kind of ramp it up. Football practice starting and everything next week. So get that back to normal. Uh, this time next week. If you are listening, listen, it is live. If you're listening in the middle of the day, this is live uh, on your radio. So you can be a part of the show. You can text me. Uh, the number to text is 885-3776. Really anything you want to get into is fine with me. Uh, because of travel and everything going on Saturday, Sunday for me, I didn't get to watch <clears throat> the uh, weekend of the Open. But tip of the cap to a, a different kind of bulldog, a Georgia bulldog, Brian Harmon. The lefty did hang on and win the Open. So I didn't watch much golf this weekend. I normally would have. Uh, there is plenty to get into. you got some NFL training camp holdout stuff going on that hits pretty close to home. So really anything's on the table, though. Y'all hit me up on the country pleasing text line, the number 885-3776. Again, uh, another way to remember it, easy way to remember it, 885 ESPN. That's a 601 number. Uh, so shoot me a text. You can call us, and Beeve can pipe you through to me. We can talk and call me on the Divini phone, the number 995-1059. That's a 601 number, 995-1059. One other thing. Hey, uh, so earlier today, Beaver and I were uh, discussing sort of plans and logistics via text message. And I think I've told you all this before. Beaver likes to send the voice text messages. I uh, never did until Beaver started sending them to me, and then I realized, hey, I like this too. This is an easy way to text somebody. Just send them a voice recording as opposed to typing it up. Well, we had an exchange where Beaver left me a lengthy voice message and with some details, and I, the response that I needed to send him was a simple thank you. And so my response said, Beaver, thank you. Now, I feel like I should leave a longer message here, but all I really need to say <laughs> is thank you, to which Beaver responded. We might need that to be a topic on the show. Are you slighted? Do you feel slighted if you send someone a lengthy message and their reply is very short and to the point? <laughs> so, Beaver, help me out here. Does that, are, are you saying, now you raised it as a question, but are you saying that that's the way you are in regards to voice messages? Length and the length of the response has meaning behind it. No, not really. Not at all times. But okay. the, the message that started it, yeah, you, you said, uh, what did you put? How did you put that? A message with info. Well, there was a lot of info there. Right. Yeah, there's a lot of, of, of info there. Well, I guess, <laughs> yes. And, and uh, there was info in my response, which was very <laughs> short and abbreviated, which was, thank you for doing that. <laughs> now, the homecoming queen was sitting next to me, <clears throat> and she indicated 
that in her world, when you type up a text to somebody, and maybe it's a lengthy one with information, if all you get is a little blip coming back, like a word or two, she takes that as there's meaning in that. She's here with me right now, the homecoming queen sitting beside me here on a bench uh, inside this building in New York City. So you heard that conversation earlier. Yes. All right. So are you saying that every time you send a lengthy text to somebody and you don't get a lengthy response that you're offended? Well, it just hurts my feelings just a little bit, but I do tend to text more than the average texter. I'm a little bit long-winded, and so I feel like I need to get those feelings out in words. And so when I just get back a quick response, I'm just like, really? Well, well, here's the thing on that, though. So you and I, married couple, you never send me long texts. I just call you. (laughs) You just calls me. I mean, I'll take it as okay. I mean, some people might be offended if they're significant other was sending long text to everybody else and short ones to them but hey you're right we talk mostly most of the time but yeah if you've got uh if you want to weigh in on that feel free and in fact uh more bully has on the uh how do you feel about this on the country please and text line more bully responds and he says with the capital letter k quotations k is absolutely the worst reply ever on a text message ever so do you agree with that? You send someone a, a heartfelt text message. You send someone a lengthy heartfelt text message, and you get the letter K back. More Bully says it is the worst reply. <laughs> uh, I will admit this, that early in my text messaging career, life, years ago, Something about sending the letter K did not feel right to me. Other people did it. And whenever I would text back, if I wanted to say to someone, okay, I would actually text the, I'd type the word out. Is that what you do? Yes. You do. You don't, I've never seen you send the word K. I tend to be overly grammatically correct and in my periods and commas and spelling, which is not really what you do on text normally, but I'm that way. Because I was an English major. Yeah, well, that's part of that, too. Yes. Well, yes. I, I would just say. Beaver, you the same way? Yes. I have caught myself so many times, I w- especially commas. I put, the, I, yeah, I try to go proper in texts and com way more commas <laughs> right. than normal texts and whatnot. So me and Annabeth are on the same page. Yeah. I find that you and Annabeth are on the same page a lot. That's what I find. Uh, yeah, so <clears throat> there, we've kind of gotten that uh, hammered out. Jake from Yazoo, thanks for the text today on the show. And he said earlier, kudos, Matt, for the de- dedication. Y'all be safe. Beaver, hold it down. Um, he said also, Jake weighed in, he said, if it doesn't warrant a phone call, the length of the text should not initiate the same in return. Okay, so he says if it doesn't warrant a phone call. See, we all have our own rules. but But here's what we can't admit. There are sort of unwritten rules in the in the age of instant uh, communication, <laughs> text message communication that goes beyond just phone calls. There are sort of unwritten rules, and especially if if it's a contentious thing. You send heartfelt message, you don't want to just get the letter K back. If you do, that says a lot more, <laughs> I guess. Stephen. Text the show, and we'll jump over here to baseball for a minute. Steven says, Matt, 
Have you heard any news on Braden Montgomery from Stanford or the left-handed pitcher from Alabama that's transferring in baseball? He says, I know Mississippi State was in the running for both. Well, um, Stephen, when you say, you know, in the running for both of those, I, I don't know how far I would actually go as myself you know, to speak to, you know, how much pursuit uh, there has been with either of those guys on both ways. I mean, I think a lot of it, it – so, there has been some speculation. I think some of it is obvious. Uh, you know, State needs a player like Montgomery. State needs pitchers, you know, and, and it's just an automatic assumption. I will tell you that myself, I, I have not had a one-on-one conversation with – you know, with Coach Lamonis or anybody about it or Coach Gotro, where I would be able to confirm you with, with you with 100% certainty that there are, um, you know, they're close or, you know, that there's, you know, this percentage of a chance that either of those players come in. I just think that, you know, it seems pretty obvious to me that those would be needs and that there would be automatic connections. So I guess what I'm telling you is, I don't have any definite information to give you on it. Um, you know, is there any news? I don't think there is. I haven't heard it. And, and of course, again, I've been out a little bit out of pocket as we've traveled. You know, we traveled Saturday, uh, in the middle of the day and through the evening. And then, you know, we spent family time here in New York on Saturday, uh, on Sunday, yesterday. And then, of course, here on Monday, kind of getting the week started. And uh, maybe we hear something this week. I, I have not heard anything over the last little bit. So I, don't, I wouldn't go so far as to say that there is any news. I think it's pretty obvious that there's interest. Just how much, I can't really speak to it right now. Back over to the text conversation. we got an unnamed texter, country pleasing text line, said, the letter K is never a good response. But then says, but any other answer that covers what you need to say is good regardless of the length of the message see that's another thing too is you got to know who you're communicating with right you know there's some people out there that do not want long messages and are not either going to read them or listen to them <laughs> you got to figure out who they are um but i will say I, the the thing that i probably am most thankful for in uh, my my working relationship and friendship with beaver uh over the years is that he has introduced me to the wonders of sending that voice, uh, that voice recorded message via text, as opposed to leaving voicemails, and opposed to always having to text things out, and and generally the way I approach that is I'm still in the mode of I text people, but if they ever open the door to the possibility of voice messages and begin to send me voice messages, then I know I'm good, and and that's what they get from me is voice messages. Uh, going forward. Listen, um, I am here with you uh, for an hour uh, today instead of the normal two-hour show, so with you here for an hour. And we got plenty of time to get into some of the things that are out there. Uh, I mentioned this. There's some news out of NFL training camp that hits close to home. We'll just kind of cover that, see where things are. Um, and as we uh, kind of wrapped up SEC Media Days last week. You know, you got into, I guess, Friday, late Friday and into the weekend when the votes came out from SEC Media, uh, who were going to finish in what place, you know, predicted by the media, and that's just what it is, a prediction. It, there, there's always a little bit of, uh, I guess, 
maybe the term would be erroneousness <laughs> that pops up in that particular media vote from the SEC every year, every summer. But this one was particularly strange, and it had nothing to do with who they picked to win. It had everything else to do with who got votes and who didn't. And so I'm going to cover that a little bit with you here. It won't be rant time. I'm not actually in a setting that allows for a big scream and a holler and rant. Some of y'all probably appreciate that. <laughs> um, but we'll cover that. Uh, too. But in case you're just tuning in, it sounds a little different. And you're like, well, Matt sounds different. He's only doing an hour today. Well, uh, it is, uh, to, to recap, if you're just tuning in, we're uh, in New York uh, with the family. Mary Liddy is uh, participating in broadcast, uh, I'm sorry, in uh, Broadway camp this week. And today's the first day of that. She's, she's going to have a ball, and, and we're going to be here with her, and I'll connect to you each day kind of on site. Uh, here and we did the traveling Saturday and um, yesterday was actually a really fun day because things had not really gotten started up yet and we were able to go out to Central Park walk around it's a beautiful day it's hot here you know not hot like home at all later in the week it's going to get up in the 90s but I mean it's still hot just not quite the same kind of heat or humidity that we have at home obviously uh, but sun was out, really pretty weather. Uh, I've got a video posted if you guys want to check that out. It's on Twitter, at Radio Wyatt. Uh, it's also on Facebook. Uh, on You can look it up at Facebook.com slash Radio Wyatt. It's right there. Uh, you can kind of see some of this that I'm about to talk about. But I saw something really cool yesterday. And I think maybe I caught wind of, of this going on before, but I, I'd never uh, seen it or researched it. We just walked up on it. But this is middle of the day yesterday, Sunday. We go for a family walk in Central Park, and we top a little hill, and I hear what sounds like ball game sounds. And then we walked a little further, and I could see the uh, big open area there in kind of the southern part of, I guess maybe more the central part of Central Park. And it's four wide open, gorgeous baseball slash softball fields, and there were games going on. And so we just walked up to one of the fields, and I, I had my camera with me, and I was kind of getting a look at it. And one of the guys who was participating, he wasn't coaching, but he was on one of the teams participating, and he said, says to me, he could see that I was interested, and he starts telling me about it. He said, yeah, we've been coming out. This is totally a pickup game every Sunday. He said, we don't plan it. People just come out and play. You show up, you can play. We put teams together. I said, so it's totally unprompted. He said, yeah, we don't organize this. We just walk up. But this happens every Sunday out here, weather permitting. And he said they've been doing that for 20 years out there on that field. It was just the neatest thing. And uh, we didn't watch much of it, but I watched, you know, uh, a couple of innings or maybe an inning and another half inning. And uh, guys of all ages, shapes, sizes, ethnicities, everything, they were alternating umpires, um, you know, nine on nine, and it was kind of a, a cross between baseball, softball. It's like they were using more of a softball type of ball. The pitching was not really underhand soft toss, though. It was more underhand kind of throwing it hard. It was kind of just like a quasi game. But it was just the neatest thing, pickup game out there playing. And, you know, I took that in, and I had this thought, you know, whatever happened to having pickup games in baseball, softball? Um, I remember – Years and years ago, so you're talking, you know, over 25 years ago, I was in high school. My high school baseball coach one time, he was asking us, he said, don't you guys just drive around, like make sure you always have your glove in your car with you 
so that you can participate in a pickup game when it happens. And we were like, what do you mean participate in a pickup game? And he was, again, that was a long time ago, but he got to tell us when he was younger, so you would have been talking about in the, you know, probably back in the 60s, late 60s, 70s. He said, man, we always kept a glove in a car because you'd make a turn somewhere, you'd see a ball field, and there'd be people, and you'd just stop and get out and see if you could play. You'd participate in a pickup baseball game. So I guess all those things are a thing of the past. But for us yesterday, it was really neat to walk up and see that. I did get challenged to play, not by anybody on those teams or on the field, but by my wife, the homecoming queen, Anna Beth, told me, you ought to get out there. The problem is I kind of sort of messed my back up the day that we got here, Saturday night. I don't know how, why, whatever, but I sort of threw my back out doing something. It probably was lifting this gigantic, pushing a 100-pound suitcase that Anna Beth packed that I had to haul, you know, into the airport and then into the hotel. That that might have been it. <laughs> but at any rate, I had some sort of little back twinge, and I just I couldn't do it. And that's my excuse for not jumping out there and trying to participate in the pickup softball game. Uh, at Central Park yesterday. But if you're listening, you want to kind of see what that looked like that I'm describing. If you're just curious, you can see that. I've got a video posted of some of our travels over the last couple of days. It's on Twitter, at Radio Wyatt. It's on the uh, Facebook page as well. So uh, take a look at that. All right, so live from NYC, I'm Matt. The Mobile Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. When we come back, uh, we lost a great bulldog over the last few days. Uh, I'm going to tell you who that was in case you're not aware, former Mississippi State Bulldog. Uh, tell you who that is. And then we got a, a former Bulldog who's holding out a training camp up in Kansas City. More on that. Your text message is coming up. We're just getting started with you on this Monday. I'm Matt. Stick around. With the Matt Wyatt Show. Ready to talk sports the Mississippi way with you. So get in on the conversation and tell him what you think. Right now on The Zone 105.9. And we're live at TheZone1059.com. All right, back with you. I'm Matt in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Farm Bureau Insurance. Go with the home team. They are your home team. Connecting to you. All the way from NYC, up here in the Big Apple. Going to be up here this week, hanging out, doing some stuff. Mary Lady's got a camp she's a part of, and Ann and Beth and I here with her, obviously. So uh, connecting to you from parts unknown, took took the whole operation on the road, packed it in a suitcase. Glad to be with you. Staying connected because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi. C Spire, customer inspired. Check them out, C Spire. Dot com. Over to the text line, the country-pleasing text line. Jake, <laughs> earlier Jake from Yazoo text and said, let us know about some good food that y'all have in New York City, too. And Beaver responded to him to let him know. He said, pretentious food reviews to be heard elsewhere. <laughs> and it's so true. Now, Annabeth might be able to take part in that a little bit. And we've had plenty of good food. You know, I am not a foodie. I Really, I'm a, someone who I am just as happy with a sandwich from the diner next door as opposed to going to a sit-down place. But I will tell you 
Uh, Annabeth planned something for us, really for Mary Liddy, and it was last night. That was really good. Okay, and some of y'all are going to know more about this than I am, but I got to take part in it anyhow. But we went to dinner to at a place called Serendipity 3, like the number three, Serendipity, and then the number three. And uh, it's, uh, you know, I don't know, the like the best way to describe it would be the minute you walk in, it's celebratory. Okay, everything's bright and loud and colorful and girly and there's music going and everything all right and so we ordered food annabeth's here i'm gonna you know bounce a question or two off of you the homecoming queen joining me live from new york city that we but we ordered dinner food we got to sit down we ordered dinner food and it's just like anything you think of really burgers fries you know chicken this that salads all this kind of stuff but it was when they bring it to your table it was so much food it was too much food we brought it all home we really did we we took a lot of to-go boxes with us but i the last time we came here i wanted to eat there and we ran out of time and so i made sure that we did reservations it was really for mary liddy's birthday because i knew she would love it and serendipity is an old movie um beaver i can't hear you because i don't have any earpieces in but there's a movie called serendipity it was out in 2001 it's a romantic comedy it's old school john uh cusack is it is it how do you say it's like yeah and then um kate beckinsale i mean it's old school and they they go to serendipity and she eats this frozen hot chocolate which is what serendipity is known for so a million years ago i watched that movie and thought if i ever go to new york i'm gonna go to serendipity well it's very famous everybody likes to stop by so we went there it was delicious mary liddy had a candle for her birthday and they sang and it was really sweet and fun and it was right up her alley but the food was great i mean the food was really good okay and a lot of it but the deal is I guess kind of the reason you go is for the desserts. Yeah. And so now it's outrageous. It's outrageously big. First of all, every dessert you get is more than one person ought to eat. It's pretty expensive, I, I'll be honest with you. Yeah. And the other thing is um, the name of it. It was called Frozen Hot Chocolate, <laughs> which I don't really – I just know it was good. Uh, and uh, we had a big time. And, you know, I mentioned that video to you also. Some of that's available there for you, too, if you want to see it, at Radio Wyatt. It's on Twitter. It's also on uh, uh, Facebook. I posted it there, too. You can see a little bit of that, kind of what the atmosphere was like. And, and they did. And Annabeth, it was funny. Annabeth had called ahead and to tell them, uh, you know, that we were coming. And, and we had a birthday girl with us. And so before we left uh, the hotel, she told Mary Lydia, she said, Now, Mary Lydia, I... I told the restaurant that it's your birthday. And Mary Liddy's response was, well, what if they try to, like, pie me in the face or something? <laughs> because apparently there's some place that does that on your birthday uh, where we live. And it is, and it is, uh, she saw it, and it made a big impression on her that, hey, there's this place. If it's your birthday, you get pied in the face. And so she wanted to be reassured uh, that that was not going to happen. Uh, Chief Shooting Bull texted the country pleasing text line he says i must admit that was a good chick flick in the early 2000s as a chief shooting bull said it's an old school movie i haven't seen it in years but um yeah serendipity serendipity three is where we went and the hot chocolate we did a white chocolate hot chocolate frozen hot chocolate it was delicious it was good it was good so recommend that's about as close jake listen man that's about as close as you're going to get Okay, listening to this show 
in terms of some food re- food review. <laughs> just I just kind of tell you the best I can. Listen, this is flipping the page back over to baseball real quick, and then I'll, I'll come back to this. But I want to get it in. Somebody had asked earlier about the pitcher from Alabama. I believe his name is Holman, who's transferring. You know, in the likelihood that he might go to Mississippi State. Well, um, I got a text here that says it was reported by somebody yesterday that the pitcher from Alabama is considering Tennessee, Mississippi State, and LSU. And the the way the text is worded is that maybe he visited them last week. Uh, but and again, I haven't seen it. This is secondhand. But our texter said that. He, the pitcher himself, said that he seemed to like LSU and Mississippi State the most, and uh, so we'll kind of see. And I would say this, look, you know, uh, you're living in the name, image, and likeness era, and a player like that, you know, if you're a, a Friday night type of starter in the SEC and you get suitors like State, LSU, Tennessee, all pursuing you, it, assuming there is – you know, a, a similar level, a genuine le- level of interest from all those schools, then you're going to kind of get a little bit of a bidding war going on. That's just where we live. And it's like Lane Kiffin said last week at Media Days, it's good for the player. It's good for the player and the family because you, there, it's open free agency. You can drive the price at every opportunity and you don't have to sign any kind of contract that you have to, you know, be beholden to. And I know that that may change, but that's not the way it or it is the way it is right now, and he's probably going to take advantage of it. All those guys are doing it, so it's really a matter of who has the money and how bad do you want it, and and how how much do you want to spend to get that pitcher on your campus? I think that, without even knowing the details, I would imagine that's probably the case that we're looking at right there. Boomer Sooner Texas show and uh, says serendipity might be good, but it doesn't compare to Wingstop. Okay. Yeah, put that Boomer Sooners on the record. Jake sent out a big thank you to HQ for the food review. And so there you go. Did our best. Listen, um, I want to mention something here to you. Some of you are aware of this and are going to be aware of this, and others aren't. So I want to make sure uh, that you are aware. We lost a great former Mississippi State Bulldog um, this past week and weekend. Named Bill Sarton, Big Bill Sarton, former offensive lineman at Mississippi State in the early 90s um, uh, on teams with Coach Felker and Coach Cheryl. Uh, Bill, you'll remember, was a big time player. And I, uh, you know, I think he was early on maybe a tight end. It was a really good athlete, but just grew into an offensive guard and was a really big time player uh, on that you know, early Mississippi State offensive line and early in his career there had a knee injury, a catastrophic knee injury where everything tore, not just an ACL, but you kind of, you know, tear everything in there that caused him to have issues really the rest of his life. Uh, but you'll remember him, uh, you know, as a, as, you know, a great player on his early offensive lines at Mississippi State. Bill went on to a career in insurance with Farm Bureau, Farm Bureau Insurance across the state and was, uh, you know, worked in Tupelo at, time, at one time and became the uh, agency manager up in Tippa County in Ripley and then moved to DeSoto County where he most recently was managing the DeSoto County uh, office for Farm Bureau Insurance 
and uh, he passed away over the weekend. And he he's just a you know a guy that loved by so many. Uh, remembered, yes, as a ball player, but the people that he came in contact with, and particularly in the insurance business. I, I communicated with one guy this weekend who um, went into uh, the insurance business with Farm Bureau Insurance under Bill's leadership, and this young guy was struggling mightily early in his career and said that if it weren't for Bill's ability to kind of get him to believe in himself and spend the time and the energy to invest in him and show him how to do everything and work with him, that he would have quit and uh, or gotten fired, one or the other. But because of Bill, he didn't. And now this person is an agency manager, county manager in the state of Mississippi himself and and really chalks it all up to Bill Sarton's leadership. Bill was just one of those guys. He had sort of an it factor to his personality. Uh, he was competitive. He was a winner in everything he ever did. Beautiful family and a wonderful legacy. And we do hate to lose him. Big old guy, one of the one of the largest human beings that you'd, you'd ever run into. Um, his shoulders were about maybe wider than anybody I'd ever met. His hands and arms were bigger than just about anybody I'd ever met. <laughs> and uh, everybody would notice that about him when you met Bill. And that injury cut his football career short. There's no doubt that before that injury, he was headed for the NFL and just didn't get there. So thoughts and prayers with Bill Sarton and his family. We'll be back. I'm Matt. Stick around. It's often difficult to satisfy that special hunger. Not here, because you've got Matt Wyatt. Oh, I am starving. Don't worry, he's got a menu full. On the Zone 105.9 and worldwide at thezone1059.com. All right, back with you. I'm Matt in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio, Farm Bureau Go. With the home team, they are your home team, Farm Bureau Insurance. I'm Matt. Got a little bit of time left with you. If you're just tuning in and you normally listen, one hour's worth of radio today. In fact, each day this week, I'll be on with you for an hour. And then next week, back on Mississippi soil, get in the uh, permanent Farm Bureau studio. We'll get back to the two-hour schedule next week and ramp it up to start a college football practice and getting really close to high school football season and everything else broadcasting to you from quite a few miles away we are in new york this week mary liddy's got a broadcast i'm sorry i keep saying broadcast maybe that will do broadway camp that she's a part of this week and so annabeth and i are here with her and we're having a good time but also mixing in a little work and glad to do it glad to be with you here and we got some stuff to cover that I think we need to be aware of. I'll be honest with you. This weekend, I traveled Saturday, and we're doing a good bit of uh, the tourist thing and sightseeing yesterday. And you know, several stories out there in the sports world that really I, I just missed until 
you kind of got back to a little bit of a normal routine this morning of at least looking at at you know whether it be ESPN.com or the Athletic or wherever it is, or looking at some links on Twitter and searching a few hashtags. So you may be like me that you might be in a bit of a summer routine and and have missed a few of these things. So we need to be aware of it. First up, you know, Kansas City Chiefs, they have their training camp in St. Joseph, Missouri up there, not far from Kansas City. And one of our own is not there. Defensive tackle Chris Jones did not report for the start of Chiefs training camp. And I'm sure if you are, you know, keeping an eye on ESPN, particularly the NFL Network, NFL Network every year does a great job covering training camp stuff around the clock really once it begins so you i'm sure you you know seen some of the details on this it's fairly new uh to me but according to the reports chris jones and, and his agents are far apart in their negotiations with the chiefs that's the most recent update you have those two chris jones and the chiefs far apart in contract negotiations so jones is not going through training camp right now here are the details. So Chris has a he has one year left on a four year eighty million dollar contract that he signed back in two thousand and twenty in the COVID year. And you know, Chris has been uh, one of the top two or three defensive tackles in the NFL, hands down. Anybody you ask, he's one of the top two or three. It's just a matter of where do they put him? Do they put him at one, two, or three? And he knows that, they know that, and for that particular position. And with his age and all those different things, you know, the Chiefs are trying to figure out, you know, what's it worth, what are the terms on a contract, and apparently they're far away on those two things. What I can tell you is, from a Chiefs fan perspective, uh, there's no um, glossing over uh, the fact of how good Chris Jones has been and how important he is to that defense, how important he has been to their championships as a team how important a piece he is in the middle of their defense there. It's just strictly about the experts on the Chiefs' side. It's their money that they're going to spend. How much do they value him at this age and how many of those years does he have left playing at the level that he's playing? But he's one of those that, you know, he's a Fletcher Cox kind of guy that he's going to be He's going to be 10, 12, 13 years and still going strong. You know, so uh, and I think they know that it's just a matter of getting together on terms and link the contract and that sort of thing. And when he signed that deal at the time, here's the thing: the Chiefs, to their credit, they have before stuck their neck out there for Chris. When he signed that eighty million dollar contract in 2020, it, it made him the ninth highest paid defensive tackle in the league in terms of average salary at that time. Well, since he signed that. He's been much, much better than the ninth highest paid defensive tackle, and he knows it and they know it. Now, here's a few things in the story. Chiefs coach Andy Reid said yesterday that he's surprised by Chris Jones' absence, but he did say that they're just going to keep on moving on without him. Now, here's a quote. Quote, there had been communication. We'll see where it goes from here. If you're not here, we just keep moving. That's how we roll. We don't worry a lot about that. We let it take care of itself. We've got great people working on that. Now, what else would you expect him to say? And what other approach would you expect Andy Reid to take? That's the same with any NFL head coach, but particularly an Andy Reid. What else? It's not a shot at Chris Jones at all. 
It's just the way business is done. You just you just keep going. I mean, you're not going to hold up or do anything different with training camp because one guy's out. Now, he he did not also report to Chiefs mandatory mini camp in June. Well, the thing was, it was way back in June, and not as many people were paying attention to it all the way back in June. And he's supposed to get, you know, during this particular time, a, a daily fine of $50,000 in his absence. That's according to collective bargaining agreement between the NFL and the Players Association. But that's all factored in when they do reach a new contract or whatever it is. I know this. Whoever, wherever Chris Jones plays uh, again in the NFL, and it'll likely, you know, it's about 80% it's going to be Kansas City, but there's always this chance they wouldn't reach a new deal. But wherever it is, he's going to be paid much more highly than, say, the ninth best defensive tackle in the NFL. He's much more valuable than that. He knows it. His agent knows it. There, there's no telling what the asking price is or where at least they think the starting point is, and that's probably why they feel like they're so far apart. And you just wonder, okay, you know, what would the options be if he decides not to come back to Kansas City? And I do know this, that it would, it would change their team. You know, offensively the Chiefs are so good, you know, they can beat people with an offense. They, you don't. You don't win championships, multiple championships, being good on one side of the ball. They've been really good on defense at times. They've been very opportunistic. I have always felt like, and the the numbers and the stats have backed this up, Chris has always had a clutch factor about him. Not as much of a flash factor at times as some other players, even even at defensive line position. But Chris has always had a clutch factor of... If, if it's a big third down or a big situation in a game, that's when he'll show up the most. And he has done that since he was in college. And, you know, he had a great year last year, too. Um, and if you're listening, you're like, well, why is Matt talking about this? And if you didn't know, most people did know, but he's from Mississippi. Started out at Nettleton and then transferred, went to Houston High School, went to Mississippi State. Played three years in college, became a second-round draft pick. Absolutely should have been a first-rounder, and that's been proven in the NFL. Um, and last season, we talk about his age and how good he is. Well, last year, career high with 15 and a half sacks. And that was fourth in the league. That was number one, the most sacks for interior guys. That's the other thing, too. Because Chris Jones is so huge and so athletic, a lot of times people look at him like a slash guy, and they have lined him up on the edge some, but he is an interior, you know, nose or three technique interior defensive lineman. He was the he had more sacks than any other interior pass rusher in the NFL last year. So I, I think it's a matter of time. It's just like, you know, a matter of what are those numbers going to be. It's a little bit of homerish on my part because I want him there. <laughs> you know, if I'm I'm just I, I'm not a jersey guy, I am a Chiefs fan, and, but if I were to go buy a Chiefs jersey, I'm not buying a 15 jersey and I'm as big a Mahomes fan as there is. I'd buy a 95 for for personal and other reasons, okay? So I want him there. But I certainly think that the fact is the, the Chiefs have gotten the better of the deal. Uh, to this point, with everything he's done, everything he's been, the fact that he and his agent did agree to a contract in 2020 that, yes, it was inside the top ten highest-paid guys 
at his position in the NFL, but it wasn't the top five, and he absolutely is a top five player at his position. So to this point, they've gotten a better end of the deal. And I think, you know, I, I you wish he was there practicing. I guarantee you, knowing Chris's personality, he's he doesn't have anything contentious going on with the Chiefs. But they've gotten the better end of the deal to this point. I really believe that. And so, you know, it's time for them to, <laughs> I guess, uh, as uh, others would say, pay him what he's worth. Well, look, um, there's also a story out there um, – you know, uh, you've got some of the quote-unquote experts at ESPN. We'll talk about what they say about Dak and those interception numbers. I mentioned this earlier today, but I'm out of time. Well, I'll touch on this first thing tomorrow after thinking on a little more overnight, simmering on it. But uh, the the votes, I, you know, from SEC Media Days last week and predicting the East and the West and who's going to the championship game and who's going to win it and all those kinds of things. Y'all know how I feel about preseason predictions and preseason rankings. So the last thing I'm going to do is get on the radio and waste your time going over who they picked in what order in the East and the West and all that. But a couple things went on with those votes last week that were – it was a little bit more of an eyebrow raiser than some of the stuff we've seen in the past. And I know how they need to fix it. Not that it's entirely broken. It's strictly an entertainment piece anyway. But if you want to add value to it, I know exactly what the Southeastern Conference needs to do with the media voting beginning next year. It's not just one thing. I have two ideas for them. And so I'll put those out there for you tomorrow. So come back tomorrow at noon, home time. It's 1 o'clock up here, but see you all at noon tomorrow. And I'll lay that out there for you. You can tell me what you think and text me. For everybody here on the show, for Beaver, I'm Matt. In the Bureau, the Mobile Farm Bureau Insurance Studio, live from NYC. Thanks for tuning in. I'll see you tomorrow. See you.